Hello, everybody. Welcome back to part two of our Respect podcast. Today, we'll be speaking with some members of staff from our school, CRC San Albans, in order to get their philosophy on respect. Joining us now is Mr. Quinn, our vice principal, Mr. Taylor, the year nine level leader, Miss Liberatore, the student development leader, and Miss Sharika, our school psychologist. How are we all feeling today? Let's start off with the teachers. Miss Liberatore, how are you feeling? Um, today I'm feeling pretty good. Um, it's been a pretty tough week, but I'm feeling much better today. The sun is shining and I'm um, very excited to see where this podcast goes. Thanks for asking. Mr. Quinn, what about you? Thanks, Paige. I uh, Going really well. Um, had a uh, Yesterday was a bit of a muddling day, but today I feel like as if I've got a few jobs done, a few things nailed and uh, looking forward to the weekend. And outside there, the... Uh, Looks like we're going to get a, a bit of snow, and that's exciting. I did not know that. What yes, about you, no. Taylor? In Australia? No in way. A, yes, yes, we do. Yep, down to 600 metres tonight. So, How about you, Mr Taylor? Uh, oh, well, thank you. <coughs> uh, looking forward to this interview and also looking forward to hopefully seeing the Carlton Blues uh, having a win tonight, so it should be good. And lastly, how are you feeling, Sharika? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very excited to be here. So thank you for inviting me, student leadership team. How are we all finding remote learning? Or for you guys, it's remote teaching. So we'll start off with Mr. Quinn. How are you finding this? Um, yeah, really good question, Phil. Um, I Some days I feel like as if I'm on top of it. There's other days where I'm just thinking, you know, I'm, I'm really not handling this well at all. There are... A, I, I do really like the Google Meets when I'm able to see uh, the faces of other students in the class, but also really understand why not everybody uh, wants to have their video on. So, yeah, look, I, I'm going okay with it, but I would love to be able to see many more faces face-to-face. What about you, Philip? How are you finding remote learning? Well, I don't teach, so I can't really answer the question. As a student, learning... obviously. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. It's comfortable. That's all I can say. Well, what about you, Spence, since, you know, you're asking me? Um, I'm finding it a little difficult to learn. I'm trying my best, though. I, I will say that. Aren't we all, Spence? Aren't we all? <laughs> what about you, Sharika? You have a very different role compared to everyone else in this. Yeah. Um, it depends on the student. I think it's harder to engage in deep conversations over... Google Meets with some kids, but with others, I, you know, no problem talking over the phone or just on Google Meets. So it just depends on the kid, but generally I'm going okay. It's nice to work from home though sometimes. Like Mr. Quinn said, some days I just feel like I'm not, I don't have a handle on top of things, but um, we're all trying, I guess. Rejoice, want to take it away? So we have a few questions and we would love to get your philosophy of respect. So to start us off, I think the first question will be for all of you. What does respect mean to you? And we'll probably start with Mr. Taylor and go away because he's first on my screen. <laughs> all right, then. Um, so, yeah, I guess what does respect mean to me? Really, it's about... Respect me. Well, Siri is uh, <laughs> asking me what respect means. Sorry about that. <laughs> respect means... Basically looking up to someone that you admire um, for various reasons. It's a, it's a feeling, really. It's, it's a very difficult to explain. 
about respecting your elders and about respecting everyone equally. Um, yeah, I think that the, what respect is is definitely muddled for sure. Definitely. Miss um, Liberatore, what are your thoughts? Um, respect is, well, for me, it's definitely the way we treat each other. It's the glue that holds relationships together, I feel, and it's about acknowledging others and accepting others for who they are and not trying to change them. Um, like Mr Taylor said, it's a feeling, but I also think it's a behaviour. So it's important to give and receive. In order to give, receive respect, we need to give it yeah. and vice versa. So, you know, it's a circular type of thing. Um, I think that, you know, being respected is definitely a basic human right. Um, we all deserve to be respected. And, yeah, if, you know, once we, we learn how to respect one another, we could definitely build mutual understanding, we can trust one another, we can feel safe, it helps with well-being. So that's what yeah. I think. Miss um, Sharika, what are your thoughts? Um, I suppose I agree with the both of them as well. To me, respect is being considerate of others. There's this quote that I read um you know, you treat the CEO of a company as you would cleaner as well. You don't differentiate in the way you treat people based on their job titles or their yeah. circumstances in life. Everyone deserves to be treated with kindness. Yeah. Yeah, as long as they're good people as well. They're not, you know, out there to ruin your life. But in general, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting you brought up that quote because my dad has always said that to my sisters and I. You always treat the CEO as you would the cleaner. Quinn, your thoughts? Um, respect is a, uh, a very broad term and I, and I really like what where Mr Taylor was just sort of almost grappling with what uh, what constitutes respect and because there are so many different elements to it but there is definitely something for me is about the core uh, what is at the core of, of an individual and then for another individual to be able to recognize that and appreciate it and I know at year nines they're talking at the moment a lot about empathy and empathy actually does do that. Uh, it puts you into the shoes of that other person. And when you're able to go there into that space, you're actually starting to show genuine respect. And for yeah. some of us, we don't actually, we can't actually do that. It's hard. It's hard work. There's something also about being the self-respect, and that is being your best possible self. Now, if you can see that for yourself, that is what you're looking for in another person. And if you can some in some way assist a person to go from who they are to the to becoming their best possible self, well, I think you're actually showing genuine respect for that person. Thanks for that, Mr. Quinn. Um, I might hand it over to Spence for his question now. Another question for the group. How does your culture influence the way you show respect? I want to start with student this time. What Emily, since you were just talking, how does your culture influence the way you respect others? Um, well, I guess for me, like culture-wise, my dad grew up in not really a strict European family, but they definitely had firm rules, and that was the same with my mum. And I guess they've kind of brought that into my life now. And it's always been, you know, respect your elders, respect those around you and whatever you give out, you're obviously going to get back. So always put out all the good energy you have into the world and that way you'll attract that back to you. So, yeah, that's kind of how my culture is influenced. I think that's a very centralised, very good view. Um, as an Arabian, Philip, how do you, how's your culture influenced by respect? <laughs> what was the question again? 
How is your culture? Um, how does your culture influence respect? Well, in my culture, one must earn respect. One isn't. It isn't handed over to someone. They have to be admirable for their skill and qualities, and only then does one get the respect that they. And I don't like using this word, deserve. But uh, yeah, it's pretty traditional way of seeing it. But it is the way that Iraqis do it, at least. I'd be interested yeah, to know, as a follow-up question, Philip, what do you think about the concept between um, respect is earned versus it's just given automatically? Well, there's a certain degree of respect that each individual human has, right? But yeah. to be admirable, to to have like a greater respect must be earned. Mm -hmm. As Ms. Labatori said that, you should always respect everybody because they are all humans, right? But I would respect a philosopher than I would someone who murders or kills or whatever. There's levels, is that what you're saying? Yeah. What were you, you saying, Ms. Sharika? I cut you off. Uh, no, I, I suppose you're talking about, you know, to be respected, that is earned. Mm -hmm. You earn someone's respect, but you give your respect an equal amount. Yes. Yeah. Well, someone. you could respect someone more than you do another. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but like you said, everyone deserves a basic level of yes. treated nicely. But uh, I'm not the interviewing. You guys are. <laughs> I don't know why I'm being questioned. <laughs> You're very wise, Philip. <laughs> but that's interesting because in my culture, at least, we're told to respect everyone, not no matter what they've done in the past, even though you might know they're a quote-unquote bad person or have done bad things in the past, you should still treat them with the same respect mm. you as everyone else. And you shouldn't mm. put one person higher over another. It's interesting how we all have this yeah. different view. And I guess that's the cultural element or cultural overlay. Also, like, just, sorry, just to run it back, how has it influenced the way we show others respect? So... Like I'm a very affectionate person. I'm a hugger. I, lo I love I love to show affection to people. That can, can sometimes become quite awkward because not everybody's <laughs> like that. But I grew up in a European family that there was lots of hugs and kisses, and and that's how we showed our respect. And we and we did that in order of age. So like you'd walk into a a full room and you would greet the elders first, and then the children last. And yeah, I feel like. It's, yeah, again, it's interesting to see how people are so different in the way they interact with one another mm. and it comes from that deep-seated, you know, I guess customs, if you will, of the way you were, you were raised and what you did within your family. See, it's, a, it's an interesting one, isn't it, because there, those overlays that we were talking about or uh, suggesting uh, can be a cultural overlay, but there does seem to be very distinctive overlays uh, which are family-directed as well. And I just find it interesting, I mean, I grew up, in a, a fairly conservative family and it was in a um, very uh, Anglo-Saxon community in the country and quite a while ago. I actually don't think we were really that good at showing respect to other cultures and the Indigenous members of our community and not that there was that many people from other uh, cultures or the Indigenous community in our area but all the same some of the language that would have been used was never wasn't always that respectful I didn't think and some of the jokes and some of the things that were, were said were you know when you look back on it I, I'm sort of um, it almost make, it makes me cringe but in behind this, though, uh, there was this incredible values-based family 
that I grew up in as well. And I think it was those values um, which have actually uh, established a foundation from which over time been able to develop a far more understanding uh, way, I suppose, of respecting other people and and their culture. So if I didn't have those values which came from my family, I don't think that I would be able to be as open as what I perhaps am now. But at the same time, the Anglo-Saxon conservative rule sort of 60s era, it wasn't that kind. But I suppose that's what pushes us to want to earn respect because it's not necessarily our past that defines us and it's always like, well, if you haven't shown respect in the past or um, you haven't earned respect from other people, then that encourages to learn from what you're doing and obviously pushes you harder Mm. to want to earn that respect or want to give respect to other people. Yeah, it does. And I think, Emily, what you were saying there before, you know, what your, your family has and, you know, what you, you learn from your, from your mum and from your dad and, and from your grandma and everyone else around you, yeah. your extended family, that's actually setting the foundation for wherever it takes you in terms of who you're going to have to come across, how you're going to show respect. I mean, there is something about that we're all born in the image and likeness of Christ. And I just always think that if you have a foundation or a platform which starts there, how much easier and how how right it feels to be able to show respect to whoever the person is that crosses your path. Exactly, yeah, because it's the influences you have around you that obviously build you into the person you are. Yeah, absolutely, yep, yep. So does anyone else have any thoughts on that matter? Okay, I guess we'll move on to the next question. So, Philip? I feel like we already answered this question. The question that I was going to ask is, do you believe that the standard of respect has dropped in society? Explain why. But well, we can because okay. we can compare. Like, obviously, someone from the '60s is obviously going to have a different view on how respect was then compared to how it is now. So we can still answer that. Well, I'm only 30 years old. Oh, 31 rather. I sort of <laughs> would say that probably in my time, and I was sort of reflect how um, I was like in my teenage years versus what I see now in society, I would probably say that the standard of respect has probably increased rather than dropped. Um, I was just reflecting on that question when I was, I got it obviously in the page and was just thinking about what's been going on in regards to things like race, um, gender and sexuality, you know, workers and women's rights and all that. And, you know, I can probably honestly say it, conditions of life and respect is probably better now than it's probably ever been now don't get me wrong it's just i'm not saying that that's the best it's ever going to be and we don't still have a way to go and i think that's probably true but you know in the modern world technology just it's so easy to get a platform and so easy to to give your opinion and share voice and try and create change and so you know, there's heaps of people out there sort of doing that. And, you know, even in today, like um, in AFL, it's a Doug Nichols round and you learn so much about Aboriginal culture and sort of educated on that. So I would probably go the other way and say standard of respect in society has probably increased. Interesting that you said technology has had a positive effect, which I agree with you, it has, but I also feel like it's had a bit of a negative effect. So yeah. Um, you know, we live in a very, very fast-paced society, you know, whether at, we're at the supermarket or driving on the road or, at the, you know, we're at the dinner table with our family. We're never completely 
aware of our surroundings. I don't feel like we're ever completely there and present. Um, you know, we're always trying to rush to get somewhere or we're preoccupied by all these things buzzing and, and beeping. Um, and, you know, we've got all these temptations mm -hmm. that we, like, forget to actually take in the people around us. You know, how many times I go out, oh, not recently, but I've gone out for dinner in the past and everyone's just sitting on their phones, you know, or, you know, too busy uploading pictures of their food. Um, yeah. And I feel like, yes, you're right, it's connecting us in a lot of ways and it's, you know, we're sharing our respect through social media, but also our immediate people within our lives, I feel like it, it's detrimental to that. That's what I have to say back to you, Taylor. Thank you. I was Ooh, also yeah. going to say something. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, go, Philip. Yeah, no worries. I was going to say, you said that people unite and make a community, but the other side also makes a community, right? So Yeah, that's, yes, that's, that's definitely true. Yeah, yeah. But I would say that you're right. It, it's very, very easy for a person who's sort of, well, not respectful um, to get voice. But I guess in my opinion, that would just be noise. And it's up to that individual person to sort of understand that and realise, okay, that's not really someone or something I want to sort of pay attention to, filter out that noise and concentrate on and celebrate the good things that are happening in our society. Yeah, and, like, there's such interesting points that, like, the both of you raised because, obviously, especially with football, it's so interesting to see how much, like, the respect of the ad Aboriginal community has grown. Like, you look back on past events like the St Kilda game where um, Nikki Winmar was just being Absolutely. completely yep. destroyed by um, fans of the opposing team and um, he kicked that goal and lifted up his shirt and pointed to the colour of his skin. Mm -hmm. And it's like now you look back and there's obviously still discrimination against the Aboriginal players in the AFL, but not as much as it was then and that's because the level of respect has grown and, like, yep. the education in regards to everything that went on in the past has grown so much. So mm. really interesting points that were raised. It is. Um, yeah, look, I'm right up there with you on all of that and, and what Mr Taylor was saying and, and what you just uh, so eloquently sort of summarised then what we do, what the young people are doing now is calling it out. The more I was reflecting on that question, those questions, I'm thinking we didn't. And, you know, it wasn't up until a fairly recent period of time that people had the courage. Now, whether it's because social media and you can create a bit of courage through social media or not, I'm not too sure. I, I, I haven't got a, a full answer to that, except that I do know that the young people of today, if they see that it's not right, they don't stand back and just let it go. Now, I'm not saying either that we didn't have a crack because during we're typically regarded as the baby boomers. And so during the, the 60s, things were pretty conservative. Yeah. And it was during the 70s, though, uh, the baby boomers really had a go at it. And <laughs> if you go back and have a look at some of the images of, um, you know, some of the protests and demonstrations and the things that were happening, um, well, then you'd realise that, yeah, okay, there was a little bit of a social change going on. But we were never anywhere near as articulate or as brave, even though we were prepared to march up and down, you know, Burke Street and, and try and stop the Vietnam War and uh, stop yeah. the nuclear bombs and all that sort of stuff. But what the young people are calling out today around, for example, the same-sex attracted uh, vilification or, or racial vilification issues, anything that's a, um, in a, a, even in a, a remote way, uh, a joke or something that might appear or what might have once appeared to be a, a little bit funny, 
you the sensitivity that the young people have now is absolutely huge and and us uh baby boomers we're learning a lot um so mr taylor this question is for you who do you believe is a positive role model of respect in modern society a positive role model oh, yes so many to pick from like um there would be thousands i could name the list i, I came up with for me I'm, I'm fascinated by people who who give their money away uh, i don't know what it, what it is about that but it's also something that's fascinated me um and so someone like bill gates who's obviously a well-known philanthropist um you know what he's done for certain aid organizations and um sort of curing diseases and all that that's pretty awesome um lebron james like a lot of people would know him as a probably the best basketballer um in the world currently it's probably debatable but it's probably another podcast in itself but you know him giving away probably you know three quarters of his wage to to build high schools and to put all these different people through university college for me like that's something that like probably unheard of and really that's pretty awesome in regards to our the Australian community, there's a few that come to mind. Um, Arne Doe, for what he went through, you know, as a person coming to Australia by boat and sort of what he, all he's achieved in his life. If you haven't read his autobiography, uh, do so, and it's a really fantastic read. Um, the uh, Munjed al Madiris, um, he was the, the, the well-known doctor who was a doctor in Iraq, became an asylum seeker, and now he's probably one of the world's best um, orthopedic surgeons. And so, you know, to have him as part of our, our culture and our country is just phenomenal. And probably the, the other one that springs to mind is probably Oprah, um, yeah. you know, giving people so much courage um, and inspiration. I remember my when I was younger, my mum watching her and how in awe of, of Oprah she was. And I know it's something that's probably always stuck with me. So, I mean, like I said at the start, so many to name and obviously the list is too long but and that's probably one of the best things about it that you know respect is everywhere um i i've I've always believed that most sort of people are inherently good um rather than bad and i don't know that's just my personal take and believe in the power of the one and and yeah i guess yeah there's even like looking at our school community i could could name what have we got in our school community? We missed, you know, 500 kids. I could probably name every single one of them and, and how proud at, at single moments I am of kids. So, yeah, I'll probably talk enough there. So I'll let everyone else speak now. Thanks, Mr. Taylor. Um, <laughs> so the next question is for Mr. Quinn, but we're not trying to insinuate anything here, but we would like to ask you. <laughs> how old are you? <laughs> well, it has to do with age-ish. Uh, <laughs> What are the key differences between the way you displayed respect as a teenager compared to how you see respect displayed nowadays? It's an it's an interesting question, and there's a couple of things. And I I can remember reading this piece, and it was a young person who was growing up through adolescence, and when they were uh, prior to reaching adolescence, they're in primary school, and they just thought their mum and dad were the smartest people in the world they knew everything if ever they had a problem they'd go to mum and dad and as they got a little bit older you know 13 14 their mum and dad's iq started to drop they started to get a bit you know a bit dumb so by the time they were about 15 their mum and dad was probably a couple of the dumbest people walking around but then as they got a little bit older 16 17 they couldn't quite work it out but mum and dad was starting to get a bit smarter again 
So by the time they were about 19, 20, 21, their mum and dad had become really smart. And, uh, and, I, and I think to myself, I don't think that's changed because I think my mum and dad got pretty dumb around about 15 or 16 as well. And I, I think sometimes when I sort of talk to young people, yes, they, they do have great admiration as I had great admiration for my family and for the people around me. Uh, but sometimes they're, they're not necessarily the first people that you would go to. What I'm trying to say here is that nothing a lot in the way that adolescents um, develop and grow and the connection and relationships change with their families, not a lot has changed. You go through this absolutely beautiful admiring stage and then you go through this real challenging stage uh, as I would have during my time. And, you know, I really didn't want mum and dad to be sort of hanging around too much, although I did like them being there, but I didn't like them to be hanging around. And there was times I just wanted to go out on my I don't need mum and dad. I want to get out with my mates and just be with my mates. And yeah. so nothing has changed except that perhaps the, the family dynamic was a little more strict or structured uh, but I see that also in families uh, of, the, of your generation as well. But I do believe that the young people of today, the respect that they uh, are continuing to show has really strong foundations. And so I, I, I can't see a lot of difference except that back in the 70s, we would have been pushing boundaries differently in different places but not differently. You know, in the tw 2020s, we're actually going to be pushing boundaries in different places, but all the same, it's still the same adolescent uh, relationship with the adults in their family. So I'm saying I didn't do anything too differently. Just I used to just get on my motorbike and nick off. Yeah. <laughs> I was a bit annoyed with mum and dad. Motorbike? <laughs> no, I go a horse. I'd hop on my horse and go for a ride. Yeah. Your horse. Yeah. <laughs> I'd get on my horse and go for a ride. Isn't that what all teenagers do when they're feed up with their family? Yeah, yeah. We definitely all just go hop on our horses. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think every maybe ten years or so brings a new, like it's a whole new ball game. Brings. A new set of challenges, a new set of standards, and obviously either things become stricter or they drop off a bit. And I suppose, like you said, Mr. Quinn, especially with teenagers, I've noticed like it really depends on the child. For me, I think my level of respect for my parents has definitely grown just because I look at my sisters now and how they're going from being kind of like younger to my kind of teen age sort of and like I think respect definitely differs when you're becoming a teenager because it's like you know what a mum and dad know it's all about the now and you know think so much has changed since then since like their time so respect definitely differs but for me in a sense my respect has grown because I definitely look at my parents and go they've been through all of this like I need to listen to them and show them my respect and obviously the respect I give them they're going to give back to me so it's all about like that mutual level to keep it neutral. So yeah. 
And that was really interesting because like, I feel like once you've experienced something, you know, your parents have already experienced, you tend to appreciate them more. I'll give you an example. So my partner's sister said to me, I thought it was really beautiful. Once she had her daughter, she she got so much closer to her mum because she saw, she understood what, what it was like to be a mother and why she was so tough on her. And, you know, she respected her for all those things, things that we, you know, we grow up despising our parents or we all of a sudden like praise and respect them for so i think yeah you're you you're definitely right there and that's yeah i I couldn't agree more with what you said miss leb i felt exactly the same way when i held my daughter two and a half years ago yeah for sure yeah Yeah. very beautiful interesting that you say that miss liberatore i just wanted to ask why while you said that what are three ways that you practice respect in your daily life um Going back to what Emily said, she said that, you know, we're always faced with new challenges and standards. I think if we just take it back to basics, then no matter what we're faced with and no matter how things change, I think we can all, you know, share respect and respect one another. Um, I think most importantly, being polite. So, like, greeting people, truly listening to people when they're speaking. I've always said that you listen with your eyes and not your ears. So really take in, you know, what people are saying accepting other people's opinions even if you don't agree with them and that's actually something I have to work on (laughs) I tend to be very opinionated um so I'm giving you advice that I actually need to work on myself the second one would be to be kind so you know affirming encouraging congratulating you know noticing people for what they've done and their successes, try to show them the positive side of things and, yeah, verbalise observations that you make of people. So if you notice something positive about them, tell them, you know, that's people always appreciate that. Um, and the last one, uh, maybe serve, serve and be thankful. So help others and then be thankful when they help you. Um, you know, use your skills and abilities to help others and when they do the same for you, always remember to, Thank them. Appreciating people is very important. Um, so, yeah, be polite, be kind, and serve and be thankful. They would be my three ways to practice respect. With everything that's going on in our lives these days, we do forget to be thankful and appreciate things. For me, a big one, I'd say, is to understand someone's actions. Maybe they might not have been the right options or the best options, but to understand why they did that and not just judge them straight for perspective. Very important. I like that you said with what we're going through right now, because I feel like, you know, our emotions are all over the place and we're definitely not ourselves. Um, So, yeah, we definitely need to see things. You know, my partner's still working every day. It's like nothing's changed for him. He's, you know, he sees his work buddies and they get to have a beer after work and and I'm here all day like, oh, no, that's just on this computer. And, you know, like Mr. Taylor said, it's perspective. Like he doesn't understand what it's like for me. So I think, yeah, understanding is definitely a big one, especially during this time. You're very right, Spence. Yeah, just understanding is something we try and we think most people have, but then sometimes you stand back and look at like, wow, it's something we really need to work on. Yeah, definitely. Couldn't agree more. Um. Philip, could you help us understand this concept you've been trying to portray? Um, could you read out the question, please? <laughs> well, it's, I don't know, maybe it's just how I think about it. But the teacher said that, or Ms. Leb said that uh, didn't make sense. But I was going to ask Ms. Sharika, 
how does one become a respectable and honorable person? Yeah, I know when I read that question posed to me, I'm like, why me? <laughs> it's so heavy. I'm like, I don't know how to answer <laughs> But I put some thought into it. And um, I'm not speaking from experience or anything. I just thought about the people that I admire and respect. I think um, respect is earned and not demanded. So I think it's important for us to be consistent in our actions and being responsible for whatever we've taken aboard, you know, having integrity, humility in being self-aware of our flaws and owning up to our mistakes and apologize where necessary. Yeah, I think sometimes people might not understand what we do or, you know, what we believe in, but, you know, being brave and standing in the wilderness alone, I suppose, even if no one understands what we're doing when we take the road less traveled by. I, I was thinking of people like Gandhi and Nelson Mandela and, you know, how much they have done and oftentimes probably feeling very lonely doing it initially before people came on board to join them. So, yeah, that's that's how I think you become a respectable person. Yeah, and I think it's an ever-evolving process as well. You know, we, we all learn from our mistakes. Be aware of it, acknowledge it, and then change every day. That's that's the best we can do. I hope that made sense. Uh -huh. Yeah, yes, it definitely makes sense. sense. Yeah. Consistency was one that uh, stuck out to me. Actions, yeah. There was, there was this thing that I think morals that aren't practiced are unnecessary. So when you said consistency, yeah, someone could be nice one day, but mm -hmm. yeah, go not ahead. the rest of the other days. <laughs> so, yeah, I also wanted to say, you know, we treat people the way we want to be treated. But sometimes, most times, people don't treat us the way we might treat them. And to not let that affect how we still treat people. You know, you still treat people with respect, regardless of whether or not we like them. But they deserve that respect when you're seeing them in school or in your workplace or I don't know, socially outside in a gathering, there's this level of respect that you still give a person, no matter no matter the differences, yeah. somewhat. Definitely. And I think building on that, having the ability to somewhat practice what you preach is so important because, you know, if you're telling other people to give respect, you need to have the ability to be able to sit back and go, if I'm going to say that to other people, I need to do that as well. And that develops consistency and obviously that earns you respect. Yeah. And even if it does, it's still to be consistent with your actions because you can't force that on someone else. On someone else. You can't say, well, I'm respecting you, therefore I deserve the same. Mm -hmm. I can only give my respect and whether or not it's returned to me is irrelevant in how I treat other people because I'm, I'm the constant, not whether or not I'm getting, I'm receiving the same as I mm -hmm giving does that make sense obviously it's not like an honorable action if you're only doing it to receive something back yeah it's yeah right. selfish true and i mean it's very easy to sometimes like feel like that you know you're putting you know not, i wouldn't call it effort but you you do things for people because you want to do things for them and then slowly you start to kind of feel disheartened because you're not getting it back it's very easy to get to that point 100 percent. but it's about remembering why are you why are you putting this part of yourself out there. Why are you doing these actions for other people? I think it comes down to the why. Can I just say then at that time is when you think about your boundaries and have I done enough? This is my boundary. Now what am I going to do with this relationship? That person, I can choose to express to them how I feel. If they're not going to reciprocate, then this is when I stop and focus the energy to other people who are acknowledging my efforts or appreciating what I do. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's where boundaries come in, yeah. 
what was said before kind of reminds me of a concept uh, Dr. Viktor Frankl said. He said, if you, it's uh, hyperintention, or I think it was hyper reflection, I'm not sure which one, but it was the more you focus on a, something, the less it will come. Phil, I was just wondering about what you were about to say there. It's say, for example, if you were wanted, if you felt sad and you decided, well, I want to be happy. And so all of you did was just focused on being happy. You probably wouldn't become a happy person. But then if you decided though, well, wait on, I might start practicing uh, being saying thank you and being grateful for what other people have done for me. I might even um, start demonstrating some random acts of kindness or these other things, which actually on the face, on initially you might think, oh, I can't even see the connection to happiness. But over a period of time, those those uh, interventions or actions from you actually will end up making you a very happy person. I'm not quite sure whether that's what this Viktor Frankl was trying to refer to, but I think that's, uh, for me, what you were sort of alluding to makes a lot of sense. If I just sat there and said, I want to be happy, I want to be happy, and all I did was focused on being happy, uh, I probably wouldn't be happy. But if I focused on a lot of these other things that contributed to it, after a while, I reckon I'd be pretty happy. You do what is meaningful and not what is happy. Because happiness comes after mm. meaningfulness. That's a good point. I like that one, Philip. But but he said like, it's scratch. I don't remember, so I can't. I don't want to say because maybe <laughs> I'm twisting his words and I'm. You've done well. All right, all right, Philip. You've know. done well. We're <laughs> nearing you, our end. Thank we're you, nearing Spence. the end of the podcast. <laughs> we're nearing the end of the podcast. But I wanted to throw something out there. Um, as someone that's still growing up, while you're growing up and you're being parented, you get thrown a lot of morals and forms of things you have to respect. And it's interesting how one per two people can be told the same thing and be parented the same way and still end up different people. Um, it reminds me of something. There's the saying, um, there are two twins and... Then their dad became an um, an alcoholic, right? And one one twin um, never drunk again, and the other one ended up just like his father. And it's just interesting how we all perceive things in different ways, and we all um, respect others differently, even though we all know the basic forms of respect that we should give. Yeah. Mm. Um, sorry. Anybody want to say anything? Tell you, No, I was just going to say. That depends on how we perceive the circumstances in our life, isn't it? How we learn from whatever that's happening to us. We can choose to exactly. be a victim to it or we can learn and say, that's not what I'm going to be or that's what, not what I'm going to do and I'm going to take another course in life to become better because I've learned from the lesson from my father. Does that make sense? Yes. Or I can say, you know, that's all I know, therefore that's what I'm going to be. That's a very defeatist mentality in a way. Well, about how you choose to deal with it and mm -hmm. how the outcome will be. Yeah, how you perceive there's, the challenges. There's um, there's something about the foundations that we uh, build our lives on and through that building of our lives, that's the respect that develops from that. And I think we're always looking for something or uh, searching. And I think as you guys have done such a brilliant job, 
in your reading and just some of your the ideas and thoughts that you put forward here from your readings. And it's actually through all of that reading conversation uh, that you start to develop your own philosophy, your own sets of values. And there's nothing wrong with borrowing, uh, uh, massaging and moulding those values and ideology and philosophy on life to become your own. And um, I actually, I, you know, are always looking, still always looking for something that can continue to help massage what I believe uh, my uh, my personal I believe statement is, but I actually think that the um, the mission statement here at our school is you, you know you just can't go much further than that as far as I'm concerned, and that's to love one another as I have loved you. And when you start to practice that, uh, so you take it from just words and start practicing it and trying to practice it every day in your own way, then I think that the respect that we're able to show for ourselves and our fellow uh, colleagues and humanity uh, just starts to come through beautifully. So I guess in some respects, for me anyway, it's actually uh, your, your faith, the footsteps of, of, of Jesus, it does actually provide a, 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 pretty, a pretty good pathway, but it's also you being able to develop your own core values, your own uh, core, uh, I believe, statement, uh, but hopefully really based in rich in rich readings and rich knowledge. So to follow, to love one another as I have loved you is a good place to start. And if you're practicing that every day. As we move on to the end of the podcast, we actually have one question left over. Rejoice, would you like to read it? And our final question is for all of you. What advice would you give to young people for today that may help them give and receive respect? Miss Lib, would you like to start us off? Um, just simple. Um, slow down, look up, take notice of everything and everyone around you. You know, always I think listen more than you talk and um, put the needs of your family and friends first. Sharika, do you have anything else to add? Um, I think maybe being authentic to who you are. I mean, we're all a constant work in progress and that's fine, but, you know, being authentic to who you are and, and stand up for what you believe in, I think. What about you, Mr. Taylor? Uh, yeah, it would be to touch on some of the things we've touched on this podcast, really, um, that respect is very much a two-way street, that, you know, to to get it, you've got to give it first and foremost. Um, I think something we talked about at the start, you know, treating your inferiors well. Um, I love uh, going to the restaurants and seeing the way people interact with the waiter and waitresses. And I think that's a really good measurement of who a person is and like we talked. And I think also something to touch on is uh, respecting yourself um, as well. Um, that's something. That, thanks. What are your thoughts, Mr. Quinn? Look, I'll, I'll just leave it with what I'd said there before. I think to love one another as, as I have loved you, I mean, um, is not a bad place to start. So all of those great random acts of kindness and uh, showing gratitude in a very, very small way. We've really appreciated having all of you on today and that's it for the questions we have. So thank you very much. Hey, guys, this is absolutely awesome. Thank you so much. What a great way to finish the week. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, very true. It's really nice getting to talk to everybody. Damn, I got nervous. Thanks for having us. Yes, very grateful. I, it, the idea that I had in my head went out of my brain once I started to talk. See,
Bye.